Wow, that is just the most amazing song. <laughs> so I just had to play it all to you because it is so true. Hallelujah anyway. So we are having a hard time in our lives, some of us. And I want you to know the Lord is listening. He's watching. He is in control. He's the author of life. Everything is part of his plan. Even these evil people that are doing these horrible things, every single little thing, God knows everything. And I think when you know that, you'll also know that he's in your head. Hmm. Yeah, really, when you're reborn in Christ. Yeah, absolutely, he's on our heads. Because he's the head and we are the body. And lately he's been showing me he's inside my head. Hmm. And we've just got to praise him because he is glorious, righteous, full of grace, kindness, love, peace, joy, happiness. Everything we desire, we already have. We can rest in that, which I think is really good. <laughs> I think it's amazing. So I can just imagine me toddling along in my car without music on. I tell you, the first time I heard that, I just, well, it was today, I was jumping for joy. In my mind, I was rebuilding my life and it was me and God and I could face the world. It's amazing how music can really influence your thinking, feeling, your emotions. It really is. It's all about the mind. <laughs> it's just as easy to think happy thoughts as it is to think sad thoughts. And I think that's also very relevant. <laughs> so yeah, it's Aisha from God FM. And the sermon today is called Temporary Residence. And you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Apple. BitChute for our videos, Got FM Media on Telegram for our videos. We're not on YouTube anymore, uh, but you can find a lot of our stuff on Telegram. We've got chat groups on there, Got FM News, Got FM Sermons, Got FM Bible School, and God's Home School as well. And we've also got a WhatsApp group. You're very welcome to email me, admin at godfm.org.uk, and I can join you to it if you wish to be joined to it. Uh, I don't claim to be anything different, just a child of God. I love you all. We are all together. We all have God. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Hmm. So, why am I doing this sermon? Well, there's always some reason I come up with a, a sermon, a title for what I'm doing and my main reason for this sermon today is because I had a dream about not being in the world permanently. It's just a stage. I thought, oh, you know, this would make a great sermon. Because when you have things in that perspective, you realize that you're only here temporarily. So that's why God says to put your trust in him because this isn't your permanent place. This is just where you're visiting. It's a bit like school, I suppose you could say. 
Uh, okay, so um, no matter how bad things get, you got to remember it's only temporary. It really is. And it's also about your mind and what you interpret from the things around you and your outlook towards everything as well. By putting everything in God's hands, you know that God's got the control of everything. Okay, so let's tell you the dream. Okay, today is the 11th of March, 2023. My dream play, Temporary Residence, is the title in my dream. It was different people on stage performing. It was like little acts, and each person had their own act representing something different about themselves. And I also had my own act. And we we were told that this was a temporary residence. Um, and we would speak to one another about what we were doing. <laughs> so we'd compare our acts. Um, and the main reason it was on a stage was to demonstrate that it was an act and it was a stage and it was only temporary but it's also not real yeah very interesting we were waiting for each other's performances and we had different things that we'd put on the stage as props as well i can't remember what they were but as i say i thought this was so relevant to today for all of us the only thing that really of course is real is jesus and the truth and the word and the light and the life of jesus who is alive inside us who is real and if you are a child of god then you are is real as in in the truth and so that's why you can only speak the truth because you're from the tribe of truth that's why i believe anyway <laughs> So my next heading is nowhere to lay his head. In Luke 9, colon 48, 58, Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. My next heading is lay not your treasures on earth. In Matthew 6, colon 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. My next heading is, we don't fit in. <laughs> in Luke 10, colon 16, then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. Why is this so important? Well, if you notice, sometimes you just don't fit in. Well, I never did fit in anywhere, really. <laughs> but if you feel like that, then actually it's a good thing because you're in the world, but not of the world, which I think is so good. And if they were horrible to Jesus, they will be horrible to you. My next heading is rejecting God, Jesus, and this is not going to be new for you either. So in 
the Bible, it tells me in 1 Samuel 8, colon 7, and the Lord told him, listen to all the people and what they're saying to you. It is not you that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. And in John 15, colon 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. My next heading is rejected. 1 Peter 2, colon 4, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. 2 Corinthians 12, colon 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, this verse is very interesting because what it's actually saying, it's amazing, you know, with the verses, is that if you put your trust in the Lord, it makes it real. And your faith makes it real. If you don't have faith, it won't be real. It's all about being real, believing it, because the word is true. That's what I get from that. And you can rest in that, because when you know the truth, you will know the truth, and it will set you free. And so I think this is also what it means, but also it's his story, as in history. So you've got to always search for the truth. I've also got some other scriptures here, Isaiah 49, colon 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. In Isaiah 53, colon 3, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. James 2 colon 13, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgments. John 1 colon 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Matthew 7 colon 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Philippians 4, colon 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. <coughs> it's very beautiful, really. That we've got a friend and a companion, a brother, a father, a God that is part of our family unit. All of our real family are in heaven. All of the stories in the Bible contain all the stories of our brothers and sisters. This proves that these are just everyday people doing the amazing works of the Lord. Some failing, some succeeding. All the struggles that people have gone through as a testimony to the love of God. That despite all the failings of the people, God has mercy and shows us such grace and love and kindness. 
really beautiful. My next heading is, why are we here then? Question mark. <laughs> well, I believe if Jesus was here to proclaim the kingdom of God has come upon you, and we are told that we have to share the good news of the gospel of Christ, this is what it's all about. We've got to share the hope and the good news to the other people. Our hope lies in Jesus Christ and also in the kingdom to come, not in this temporary residence living on earth. It also puts things into a better perspective because when you realize that God is in control, you have a mission and a blueprint and you are called by the Lord, beautifully made by the Lord for a purpose and that your name is permanently engraved in the palms of God's hands. Perhaps we were born for such a time as this. So it doesn't matter how horrible people are to you and how much you've been rejected by the people you love because this is a temporary visit to earth for a testing, testing what you believe, testing your trust in the Lord. The earth is an anagram for the heart and so I believe our soul and spirits and our, and our bodies have to come in unity. And also, as in the body of Christ, but also in the temple, in the mind as well. We are given a new heart as well when we are reborn with Christ. And God is all about love. Because God is love. So it's no longer you that speaks, but Christ within you when you are reborn, because Christ has been risen from the dead inside us and joined together in perfect unity through love. And so this is why it's very important to love our brothers and sisters and to pray for them. This way we are demonstrating the love of Christ and we are the light of Jesus to others to spread the message and so that they also can come to know the good news. My next heading is, so if you're depressed, what can you do? Question mark. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Ecclesiastic 11, colon 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, Jeremiah 1, colon 5. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In Psalm 139, colon 13 to 16. My next heading is, Lost Everyone, Lost Everything. 
For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2 colon 10 But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3 colon 13 to 14 The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31 colon 8 As God said to Abraham, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Genesis 15 colon 1 Psalm 30 colon 11 says, You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Romans 1 colon 28 says, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a deprived mind, depraved mind, to what to do what ought not to be done. But in Luke 15, colon 17, Jesus says in the parable of the prodigal son, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. So anyone not familiar with that, it's about the prodigal son who got all of his inheritance early and he went off and spent it all and had a great time. <laughs> and then he ended up working for a farmer and feeding the pigs and eating the same food as the pigs and he decided he'd be better to be a servant for his dad and go back to his dad's house. And so he did. And he just wanted to be a servant at his dad's house. And obviously his dad was so overjoyed to have him back. <laughs> which I think is just such a testimony to the love of God. Okay, my next heading is, now what? Question mark. <laughs> Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age, Matthew 28, colon 19 to 20. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will come, call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. In Jeremiah 29, colon 11 to 14. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we wear? 
for the plagues run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, the pagans rather. Let me read that again. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew 6, 31 to 34. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will be, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In John 16, colon 33. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one snatched them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. John 10, 27-30 So, do just to re-emphasize, it's all about the mind and happy thoughts. Understanding that God's in control, this is just a temporary residence here. It really puts things in perspective. I believe it really does. I was saying to my daughter, who was feeling down, about feeling and thinking happy thoughts. Because they're just as easy to think about as sad thoughts. You do actually have control of your own mind and your own happiness in this in this way, I believe. <laughs> Matthew eleven colon twenty eight. Come to me, all you are who weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My next heading is we are called to be witnesses. You see, I think the whole purpose of your journey here is that you also share your loving testimony about Jesus because Jesus Christ is a living testimony as well. So everything that you go through is giving you your living testimony, that you are a living testimony in this material world. Testing where your interest is, because it's all about interest, deeds, and the bank of God in heaven. My next heading. So what can we put our hope in? Ephesians 6, 11-12. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Philippians 3, 12-4 Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, 
But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 43, colon 18 to 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Luke 9, colon 62. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Philippians 3, colon 13 to 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I used to read that already. 2 Corinthians 5, colon 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. My next heading is, how rich are you? <laughs> Proverbs 3, colon 9 to 10. And also 11, colon 24 to 26 and 28, colon 26, 28 to 6, uh, 6 28, colon 6. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Some give freely, yet grow all the richer. Others withhold what is due and only suffer want. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. The people curse those who hold back grain, but a blessing is on the head of those who sell it. Those who trust in their riches will wither, but the righteous will flourish like green leaves. Better to be poor and walk in integrity than to be crooked in one's ways, even though rich. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 6, 6-10, Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So very interesting that they pierce themselves through their own lusts, going off searching for money, isn't it? <laughs> Why is this so important? Well, because we're in this world, temporary. So I don't know about you, but I found recently, I've been giving myself a hard time because I'm not very successful in the worldly sense. And there's always this part of me that wants to have that security. And I found that with the Lord, he provides, even though... There's no provision, and it comes out of nowhere. And so I know that God is real, because I haven't done it for myself, but God has done it for me. And in everything, I give him praise and glory, because I am a living testimony to what the Lord can do.
He literally has smashed up my enemies, scattered them. Before my very eyes, I've seen it happen. And we just have to trust the Lord. And not hold on to the material world. My next heading is True Wealth, Romans 11, colon 33. Oh, the depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. My next heading, God's promise to Abraham. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground water welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranate, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing. Deuteronomy 8, 7 to 9. So anything that you do, as long as you put God as number one, then he'll give you all the desires of your hearts. So we've got this so much to look forward to. <laughs> and my next heading is God measures success differently. I believe he measures your success according to your obedience. That's what I think. Let me read what it says in the Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many powerful deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you lawbreakers. Matthew 7, colon, 21 to 23. While setting goals and striving for dreams are not inherently wrong, most of the underlying intentions for wanting to be successful are sinful. In 1 Timothy 6, colon, 10, ever since the fall of man, humans have chased after the wrong things. Cain wanted recognition from God but his motive was steeped in pride and jealousy. In Genesis 4, colon 3 to 7, likewise, many of the kings of Israel pursued wealth and power instead of following the Lord. In 1 Kings 21, 25. My next heading is God can read your heart and mind. No room for pretenders. 1 Chronicles 28, colon 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know that God of your father... Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And that's 1 Samuel 16, colon 7. That I'm just about to read now. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And this was when Samuel had been told to go and um, anoint a new king for Israel. There was this king called Saul who the Lord wasn't happy with, and he'd chosen a new king. And Samuel had gone to the house of Jesse, 
to find this king. And, uh, well, all the sons came through, apart from little David, who was out with the sheep. <laughs> and God had said, no, it's not this one, because there was some very good-looking, powerful-looking chaps. And Samuel was surprised. But God said, oh, no, I, I don't look at their appearance. I look in the heart. So remember that as well. And I was talking to my daughter earlier about how everybody's on a different journey and a different level of understanding and a different way of perceiving everything as well, all according to your own deeds and experiences. And so we reach different understanding levels, but also we don't really ever know people. You know, you can live with someone all your life not realize that you never knew them. So very interesting. My daughter said, but how come we know one another? What made us different? Because we used to have real head-to-heads, you know. I said, well, I think it's because we wanted to get to know one another and understand one another. And that's what it's all about. And then when you understand then it also helps you to connect and to see the thinking according to the way they're seeing things. It's standing in their shoes and getting at their perspective. But I also said to her, I said, you know, one thing that I did with you that most people don't do is I revealed my most inner parts of me, my most intricate, sensitive, private, very delicate parts of myself that I don't really discuss with most people. And I said, you did that with me also. And so that is why I think we connect. It's like cogs of a time clock that slot together and are in harmony with one another. I said, and she said, oh yes, uh, it does make sense. I said, because there's many people who just don't know their family, Hey, friends, because people put on an outward appearance for you to perceive them how they want you to perceive them. And a lot of us are finding out people are not who we thought they were. People betray you. And this hurts. And I was talking to God about it earlier. And I was saying to the Lord, because of your love, the pain must have been horrendous. Because, you know, God is amazing. And if he is love, then the pain must have been bad as well. And so I prayed for forgiveness for us. We've caused so much pain. He just wants us all to come to know him and have a relationship with him. You can't exist and succeed in this world without the Lord. So it's about really getting out all of your intricate inner parts with the Lord, very intimate and private. I was saying to my daughter, some people even hide that from God, but he can see everything because you get the pretenders. And they pretend for so long, they actually forget who they are. It's like a dodgy builder who rips you off. 
and he tells himself a lie and he keeps repeating the lie to the point where he repeats it so many times that he starts to believe his own lies. <laughs> so I think it is with the pretenders that they pretend that they are whatever they think they are or they want everyone to see them as and then they start to believe that that's what they are. It's interesting. You can never really be sure. Really, you can't. It's very interesting. And and you can't do this uh, journey with lots of friends before the Lord. We have to do this journey at a one-to-one level with the Lord who tests us because it's the Lord that we will all come before, I believe. So that is why I think your journey ends up being you and God so that you can concentrate on God alone and your relationship, because it's not just about believing in God, it's about a relationship. Slight sidetracking there. Okay, my next heading was watch out for fake pretenders. Well, we already discussed it, that, and that was a reminder. And also, don't fall for the pity party trap. So, you know, when you feel sorry for yourself and you've been rejected and you've had a hard life, Sometimes it's easy to fall into that trap where you feel so bad for yourself and you feel so badly done by. And so then you end up in the pity me parties. I did this for many years and wasted a lot of time. Um, So I just want to remind you that that's one of the angles I believe Satan comes in to try and rip you down so that you doubt yourself. And the pity parties is quite sort of comforting at the very start, you know, because you think, oh, poor me, (laughs) I feel so bad for myself. (laughs) But after a little while, what happens is you start to resent and hold hatred and anger and bitterness for people. And you also want to get revenge, make them pay for what they did to you. So this is the way that Satan gets in, I think. Remember that this is a spiritual war as well. Um, my next heading is beginning, middle and end. So in the beginning, we were all condemned to death through sin and not following the Lord with the first Adam. But Jesus is the second Adam. And through him, we are all raised and alive in Christ. That whoever believes in Jesus is freed from the old system, which is the Torah, Pharisee, priesthood building system so we've come out of that and we can have a relationship with the lord at a one-to-one level that's freed us from the material restraints of this world so we can have a spiritual relationship with the lord at a one-to-one level with no restraint no in-betweeners and certainly no third parties And some people go searching for God everywhere, not really understanding that the Lord is with you wherever you go. We receive the Holy Spirit and the knowledge and the wisdom if we ask the Lord. He will freely give it to you. For those, of course, who are reborn in Christ, they get this Holy Spirit. It's all about surrounding yourself with the Lord and letting him surround you fully, like a cocoon. Hmm. 
That's what I believe anyway. But surrendering everything and doing the sinner's prayer. Because Jesus is the head and we are the body and we're still on earth, Jesus is also with us. But he's also at the right-hand side of the Father, if you understand. He's in our intermediator. And so because Jesus came here and he saved us from death and gave us life, we're no longer dead if we accept his free gift. We're alive in Christ, in this world, which is a temporary resident residency. A temporary residency. Let me repeat that. Temporary. Because it was a temporary thing for Jesus to come here, but it's also a permanent measure because it's God's plumb line measure. Everything that has happened to Jesus is an example to you of the perfect and immaculate conception, execution of God's will and word on earth as it is written in the Bible, as in the New Testament, New Will and Testament. So I believe anyway. <laughs> My next heading is, it is finished. So we have to believe that we have victory already. As the devil is dead, lived backwards, Jesus actually conquered death. Now this is very important to remember, that death could not restrain him. Even though we have lived our lives down here on earth and we are born sinners, we are redeemed, purchased. We belong to Christ. He paid a high price for us and there's nothing that can change this. In fact, I was talking to my daughter about it. No, no one can stop God's plan for your life. No one can steal your own crown. God has a destiny planned for you something that's special for you that's why you were made and no one can steal that nobody it's up to you to fulfill and walk down the road and put the right shoes on and walk those steps with christ go don't go off and try and do it yourself though do it with christ so that your journey is complete in him but it's interesting that no one else can steal your crown. So people can pretend to be the children of God, but they won't they will never be the children of God. Yeah. And people might say this is God and put a crown on a frog, but it will never make that frog a god ever. In this way, it's the same. Just because we're struggling doesn't mean that God is not in control or watching or caring. He is. He would never abandon you. Remember, it's about how you respond. But God is also testing other people in your life to see how they respond. Temptation is put before all of us to see if we are still lusting after the flesh. It's very hard on earth. And also remember that Jesus died for our sins, past, present and future future. What does this mean? Well, there's no death in Jesus. So as long as you stick with Jesus, you'll be alive. He's our daily sacrifice and daily bread. And so 
He died as our daily living sacrifice. In the old days, we'd have to sacrifice an animal every day. Yeah. So now we don't have to do that. That's why I think we should do the daily prayer, which is the sinner's prayer, returning back to meekness and humbleness before the Lord, acknowledging what an incredible thing Jesus did for us all. But the Lord wants to be a part of your life. He really does care about every little thing. But we also have Jesus as a template, as an example of how God wants us to behave. So we've got to try and live up to this, but no one as well can rely on works. So you can't just go and do it because you want to prove yourself. You want to do it because you want to do it, not because you're trying to get brownie points. It's got to come naturally because you've got to love people because you love people, not because you're trying to fill the book with stars and little brownie points. So this is where God changes you and become reborn with a new heart. I think it does. That's what it means as well. I think it's so beautiful. Hmm. But when we have a template, we have the truth to compare other things with as well. Not only with ourselves, but with other people. If they are demonstrating in their conduct something different, then we've got to keep our eyes open and be wary and make our own judgments and seek the Holy Spirit to show us the truth as well. But we're all joined and unified through love. So this is the formula, as in the truth and the love, to set us free, because the truth will set you free, as in the body of Christ, unified through love. So it, how can I put it? It's like a different world. So if you're having a really hard time, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, even in a grotty prison cell, you can talk to God and have peace and imagine yourself laying on a cloud with the Lord lying on the cloud next to you, talking to you. Can you imagine it? I can. Hi, Jesus. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm very good. Well, down on earth, I'm having a really hard time down here. It's pretty horrendous. And Jesus going, yeah, but it's all going to be worth it in the end. And I'm with you, so don't worry. What do you need? Well, I need more encouragement. I need more faith and I need more um, love to show my brothers because I don't think I'm managing very well. And sometimes I'm impatient. The Lord will give you everything because you're recognizing your faults and you're surrendering everything. Pass all your burdens on to Jesus. That's why I say sometimes it's just too much for me. And I just go, you know what, I'm just going to hand it all to you. Because also, we've got to rely on our Holy Spirit with things. What do I mean by this? Because we've got gut feeling as well. And I, I tell you, this gut feeling has really saved me a few times. And the Holy Spirit gives me a nudge. Okay, I'll give you an example. I had a fallout with someone yesterday. And I was unhappy with them. I can't go into a lot of detail about what exactly happened um but all i can say is they did enough to really annoy me and so 
I decided, you know, I've had enough of that. I didn't really want to have much to do with them. As soon as I sent this message saying, you know, I just don't feel I want to be your friend anymore, kind of thing. <laughs> I felt a pain in my heart. And I got talking with the Lord about it today. And the Lord said to me, he said, well, I forgive. I always forgive. I don't pass judgment. And you mustn't pass judgment. Because you just don't know what's going on in their lives. And how can you help them if you abandon them? So, I realized I'd done the opposite, actually, to what would have been right to do. So immediately I contacted this person and apologized for my behavior and said, you know, no matter how hard things get, we're all in this road together and asked forgiveness. And I got a message straight back and I realized that my heart felt at peace again in my heart. So, yes, and the, the, the reason I fell out with this person is because they are supposed to be a Christian and I didn't feel that they behaved in a Christian way. And it had hurt me. And so, and it affected me. And so, but what God said is that we've got to forgive. And you can't go to bed. He gave me that verse where you can't go to bed before you've sorted your quarrel out. And also you can't go before the Lord if you've still got unfinished business in this world. And that was one of the first things that came to my mind when I went before the Lord this morning, speaking to him about the sermon and how great he is. And that was what I got to sort that out. So amazing. That's the Holy Spirit inside you as well i had some people really nasty to me before and i lay in bed and i had a real ache in my chest and i realized it was because my holy spirit was offended and hurts because i think you get a new heart i think you become more sensitive so you can't be the old you anymore <laughs> and we are all learning in this journey we really are, and I think it's just marvellous. I think it's marvellous, I really do. How would we know that we hate evil unless we've encountered it and rejected it and sought forgiveness if we performed evilly? I think some of us are impatient and we get snappy and, well, I think it's all part of our journey in learning. <laughs> How will you know unless you make mistakes as well? <laughs> so my uh, next heading is called the elements. <laughs> if you realize that what Jesus was saying, he was trying to give us full understanding to help us emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually. But also it's the living word of God that saves us as in Jesus Christ, 
who is the Word in heaven, the Word in the written form, and the Word in the flesh, who is now alive inside us. We were stuck in death because of what Adam and Eve did. Then Jesus came and set us free because we were stuck in the world. We belonged to Satan because we'd chosen this path. We followed Satan and became slaves to death, sin, and darkness. And Jesus came to lift the veil and reveal the truth to us. We're redeemed through Christ, as I already said, bought for a prize. And this, I think, is so important, just to remind yourselves that you are loved by God, no matter what you've done wrong, and God will forgive you no matter what bad thing you've done, even if you've come to the Lord and you've drifted away. God will always open his arms to you and cuddle you and be so grateful to have you back. Don't ever think that God will reject you because of something that you've done. Sometimes we've done things and we we tell ourselves it's all right. <laughs> but unless you confess it to God, you know, it, it's like sharing a problem as well. Because if you carry it around, it's all that guilt as well. It's taking it to God, he can take that yoke of bondage away to slave sin and death and break those chains. Because by you confessing it, you're acknowledging that you've sinned and that's exactly why Jesus came here. Not so you can intentionally go off and do it, but yeah, we, we do. We make mistakes. What's important to remember is that we're part of the body and Jesus is the head in heaven as already discussed, but we're also letters within the word. So it's like a scroll that is being written as in deeds for our inheritance as in the book of life. We choose our path, which we've got the freedom to do in the way we conduct ourselves and that writes our own deeds. But also it's a new will and testament for for the Lord to free us from the old system which is the Torah system which Paul goes on about in the Galatians and the reason Jesus came here so that we could be set free because of these Pharisees and seducers of the law the whitewashers who didn't tell us all of the information of our history they rewrote what they wanted to write and this is what Jesus was telling us they served their master Satan so you can use the Holy Spirit to gain your understanding, not to rely on man or priests or buildings to get a relationship going with the Lord or have any understanding of his book, but to use only the Holy Spirit as your main thermometer, if you like, to work out what level you're at in the elements, but like a science class. Hmm. If you have some darkness inside, you see, how deep is the darkness? And if the darkness is very deep, then no one can see in there. And if the blind lead the blind, they will all fall into a pit. So if you rely on man to get your teaching and they don't know what they're teaching and they don't have any understanding spiritually, which is what we have now, a new spirit inside us, which the Lord's poured on us, then 
All of what Jesus did is wasted if you go back to the law and the old system. That's what Paul was trying to say. So amazing. Along the journey, we have to find truth in all of the confusion. We get caught up in a daily grind of life and sometimes we lose focus that we are in the world, but not of the world. We are of Christ, so we're not going to fit in. Nobody will particularly like us because we're shining the light on the darkness. (laughs) I found as well recently, you know, it's all about this battle of the flesh and the spirit. You know, one part of me is like, I just want to go off and get all successful and I am quite an ambitious person. It's very frustrating to be stuck. But I can feel that the the nourishment in the spirit is much, much greater and that's a much greater reward in heaven than any financial gain here. Also notice that the fallen angels, when they mated with humans, they had giant children and when they died, they had the giants uh, flood after the flood, they became demons because they don't have a soul. We've got a body, soul, and spirit. The giants only had a body and a spirit. That's why they're evil spirits, spirits of the dead. Really interesting, I think. <laughs> and I think we get confused. We get caught up, as I say, and it's important to remember that that you've got the Holy Spirit with you. So if you fear and you doubt, you can pray in your head just there and then. Say, Lord, I need your help. I need more more confidence in, in the word. Please show me a verse just to give me reassurance. All of these things you can do, which I think is really beautiful. Um, What else have I got? Yeah, we're building up our strength as children of God. So you've got a living testimony, as I've already said, to go before the Lord. And we're separated in this way as well when you're reborn because you become joined with God who's inside you and you're inside God through Jesus. So amazing. My next heading is called The Man of the House. Okay, it's interesting actually, when you come to the Lord, everything around you rejects you and it's not you that they're rejecting but Christ inside you that they're rejecting. They feel threatened by it because Jesus comes with the light that shines the light in the dark places and this is also the truth and the life so that they that are in the darkness, they do not understand it because they're connected with death and they don't like having the light shined on them. But it's also about who is the man of the house. So when my daughter went to go and live with her dad, there was a real battle in the spirit going on invisibly, which you could not see, but it was taking place. Anyway, one day she wandered through and she said, oh, what a beautiful day it is. Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
And anyway, they got very upset with this. And they didn't want to say this. And the longer she was there, the more volatile this environment became. (laughs) Father's not a believer in Jesus Christ. And so her behavior was alien to him. And she was still quite early in her belief with God anyway. And so he didn't like it because Jesus was demonstrated as being her Lord and Savior. This also threatened his masculinity and his role within the household as well as being the head of the house because staying in his house and Jesus being the head of her house as in the temple of her body, he felt rejected, threatened, jealous. And his response was very aggressive and volatile because he cannot compete with Jesus Christ and the truth and the word and the light and the life of Jesus because Jesus is the ultimate salvation. So I also think this applies to everyday life. If you work at a place and you have a boss that doesn't believe in God, but you have the Lord Jesus, then they will feel threatened because it also means that they cannot control you. The Lord gave you freedom of choice, but Satan likes to come and control you and tell you what to do. So it is a battle of will. This is very interesting because they also feel threatened if they don't believe in Jesus Christ because they don't really understand it. This erodes their confidence in themselves because you have faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you have this one-to-one relationship with Jesus and the fact that you talk about him, they might have had a hard time in some part of their life in Jesus they prayed to and they feel that Jesus didn't answer them and so they'll feel even more angry at you that how did Jesus let them suffer in these ways all because they maybe they weren't sincere when they did the prayer and they just need to try a bit harder. And then they might think, oh, well, this is unfair because, you know, Jesus, you're having a relationship with Jesus. They feel bitterness and anger and frustration, hatred, jealousy, confusion, vengeance, all the horrible characteristics of darkness because they're in the darkness and cannot see the light. And the thing they can't stand is that They have no control over your emotions. And they have no control over their own emotions either. See what's going on. It starts to really get interesting. Um, And so this is where they become part of the enemy and the hive mind. Because all of this just pops the lid. (laughs) It's like a boiling kettle. And it just gets totally bubbling over, you know, with hatred and anger and everything else. And once the doors open to the satanic realm, Satan is a liar and the father of lies, but he also comes to steal, kill and destroy. So with all the anger and the hatred and all of this, it all comes together into one big pile of poo. Hmm. Um. And so basically what you end up with is like two positive, two forces, one positive, one negative. 
And then you get fuses of explosions that come between this as well. Um, because the darkness cannot comprehend the light and it cannot overcome it. And this is what goes on emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually in the world. That's why it's important to remember that the, this world is just a temporary residence. <laughs> it's just amazing. My next heading is blame game. Also, once you have repeated, uh, repented for your sins, there's often people around who come and attack you and will try and bring you down in many different ways. They'll drag up the past that you cannot change. And, the, and if they cannot affect your thinking, they will actually go around and spread rumors and tell lies about you, even your own family and close friends, because they cannot relate to you. And they will rely on what they already know, which is the darkness and lies, because that's familiar to them. And that's the only language that they understand. And that's, of course, the only language that they can end up speaking because they become so far into this darkness. So they end up fighting you with the only weapons they know they have, which is lies. And this is also all about the blame game. And they'll blame you for this and say, this hadn't happened all because it's your fault. And if you'd done this this way, then it would have been better. And, and, and any little thing that you do wrong, they'll come and they'll really rip you to shreds. So the fact that you need to stop putting your faith into the material worlds, the things that men do, because they hate anything spiritual. They do, because they're all material, material worlds, and they feel threatened by you because you're leading your life through the spirit, really, with the light as well. Anyway, after a little while... <laughs> There's eventually no more pretending. And they cannot stand it, you know, these pretenders. Eventually a snake sheds its skin. So that's where the Lord says, be silent and he will do the work. And I also think this means just sometimes be quiet with people. Let them reveal themselves. And they often do. And they don't even realize that they're doing it. Sometimes... You know, like they'll shed their skin and they'll demonstrate their vile personalities openly, eventually. Eventually, because you just have to be quiet and let them do their thing. My next heading is Be Quiet and Still for the director of music. This is Psalm 46, the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, and the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall, God will help her at a break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. Dun, 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 dun. So good, isn't it? <laughs> the Lord Almighty is with us. 
the God of Jacob, is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hmm. My next heading, my kingdom is not of this world. John 18.36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. My next heading is, The kingdom of God has come upon you. In Luke 11, colon 20, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It is essentially impossible to have any significant knowledge of Jesus Christ and be indifferent to him. Who he was, is, what he stands for, and all that he said has, from the beginning, had a polarizing effect. Jesus, by his very nature, demands some kind of an honest response. Christ himself attested to this by calling out those who wanted to explain him away by saying, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. In this message, Pastor Daniel outlines for us the options that we have when entering Jesus. We can say that Christ is not establishing the kingdom of God, acknowledge that he is indeed establishing the kingdom of God, though Considering these options, while exploring, we are left with the concluding reality that the kingdom of God has come upon us. The only logical option is to participate in the establishment of that. So, yes. Ah, very amazing. I meant to say Luke there. Okay. The kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, also called Kingdom of Heaven, is in Christianity the spiritual realm over which God reigns as King, or the fulfillment on earth of God's will. The phrase occurs frequently in the New Testament, primarily used by Jesus Christ in the first three Gospels. The Kingdom is a big theme for Jesus. In the translation, Kingdom is mentioned 126 times in the Gospels. And the most important thing to know about the kingdom is that it makes sense to have the basic meaning of the kingdom as God's kingdom and reign on on this earth. God's, God's kingdom creates a realm. The kingdom creates a people, but the kingdom of God is not as synonymous with its realm or its people. He sits as king on his throne of the universe and his kingly rule, his kingdom and his reign governs all things. The basic meaning of the word kingdom in the Bible is God's kingly rule, his reign, his action, his lordship and his sovereign governance. So it's who you submit to. 
And the kingdom of God really has come upon us in that sense, if we show obedience to the Lord. Next heading, Lord's Prayer, Kingdom. Okay. So if we do the Lord's Prayer, this also illustrates that we are praying that his kingdom will come. Your kingdom come, thine will be done as it earth, on earth as it is in heaven, as it says in Matthew 6.10. So if we're praying for it, we're showing that we want this. We want God's righteous reign on earth and that we are spreading the good news of God because this world is only temporary. While we're here, we're reigning with Christ under his heavenly kingdom, even though you can't see Jesus, he's here with you and he's the head and you're the body. Spiritual thing, very beautiful. Hmm. More on the kingdom of God. In Luke 19:11, Jesus proceeded to tell the parable because he was near Jerusalem. But the people supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. But Jesus knew it was not coming immediately. The kingdom of God is not going to appear immediately. And yet, repeatedly, Jesus says the kingdom is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, he is more explicit than that in Luke 11:20 if it is by the finger of god that i cast out demons then the kingdom of god has come upon you even more explicitly in Luke 17:21 it says behold the kingdom of god is in the midst of you how can the kingdom of god be both not yet present and already present he says pray for it it's coming it's not yet here it's not going to be immediate, and yet already it is present in your midst, upon you, at hand. How can he say that? Well, the answer is the kingdom of God is God's reign, his sovereign action in the world, as in the word, to redeem and deliver the people, to fulfill his ultimate plan, so that we have salvation through Christ and we have rest in that we really can rest in that knowing this but it's believing it hmm. and also got to remember that Jesus died for us the ultimate thing you can do for anybody isn't it don't you think so I think so mm-hmm and next heading, the good news. Since God's purpose for the world is to save a people for himself and renew the world for that people, his kingly rule implies a saving and a redeeming activity on their behalf. This is why the coming of the kingdom in the New Testament is called the good news. <laughs> and my next heading is rain. In and through Jesus, God the King is coming in a way, a new way, into the world to establish his saving rule, first in the hearts of the people and in their relationship by triumphing over sin, death and evil, then and darkness, then by the exercise of his reign, gathering the people for himself 
in congregations that live as citizens all together in the one kingdom, not of this world, then Christ comes a second time and completes his reign by establishing a new heavens and a new earth, all part of his plan. Hmm. My next heading is Imitators of Christ. In Ephesians 5, colon, 1 to 21, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. As is proper amongst the saints, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, where are, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of... Let's turn the page. So good. Wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of that time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord, with your heart giving thanks always, and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to the one to one another out of reverence for Christ. My next heading is You Will Be My Witnesses. I'm really thirsty today. <laughs> I think it happens when you talk a lot. <laughs> Okay. You'll be my witnesses. And I think this is also important because this is only a temporary place here for us. And within that, the confines of this temporary residency, we have got roles to play. Yes, because it's a stage that we do. Not only did Jesus Christ call all of us to preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the sick, help the poor, and make disciples of many nations, but also in us being witnesses. How can we be a witness if we haven't got eyes to see and ears to hear? 
And also, unless we experience these things, we will not have a testimony, as in testi money, that Jesus is real, and testimonies are that of the righteous saints in heaven, all giving their testimonies, which is being a witness. So when someone says to you that you have no right to preach the gospel, teach, or be a minister of Christ, or any of those other nasty things that they say, these are the people that Jesus warned me about. It tells me if anybody comes to you with a different gospel and does not believe the words of Jesus Christ, then this person serves the Antichrist and is the Antichrist because they do not believe the power of Jesus Christ and they do not believe in his testimony or his instructions in the Bible. The reason for this, of course, is that they haven't got the Holy Spirit. This makes them angry and jealous, and they rely only on learning parrot fashion, the Bible words. They have no spiritual understanding or comprehension through the Holy Spirit, as that's, the Holy Spirit is not inside them because they have only darkness. They can only see what the enemy has revealed, and that is the veil of darkness. The only reason the enemy has any value in this is if they choose to follow their own pride and disobedience and this gives them a veil so they cannot see and this leads them to darkness through their own pride or disobedience. So I believe the kingdom of God and being joined to God is all about obedience. I really do believe this. So anyway, they haven't got this Holy Spirit and they haven't completely surrendered. There might be something that you just don't know, all right? As already discussed, we just don't know people. There are many reasons for people not reaching the spiritual understanding because they don't really believe that they are sinners. Maybe they don't really rely on Jesus' blood. They don't really believe Jesus is coming back. They don't really believe that the blood saves them. There's some doubt there. Something's not adding up because otherwise they'd be preaching the same message hmm. that Jesus preached, not some other message. Hmm. They also start to think that they're better than other people because they've learned the Bible parrot fashion. And they get some form of uh, power trip out of putting their version of the way they interpret it because they're working so hard to interpret the word by themselves that they've justified all their thinking in this way. And this is where Paul warns us about the Galatians going back to the old Torah system, which I've noticed a lot of people are doing. Um, uh, because the Torah system doesn't believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ. You know, these fake Jews. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe he is the Son of God. They don't believe that he was resurrected. They don't believe that he raised, was raised from the dead, that he is God in the flesh, and that he died and freed you from sin, death, and bondage of lies and darkness on earth, and that we're reborn in Christ, and that we get the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in any of that. So they tell you that they they think that Jesus is just some prophet. Not even some of them believe that. Okay? So they... And then they tell you that you should call Jesus a different name. So you need to be careful what you believe in. Yeah? Listen. When the... The only thing you need to listen to is the Bible. You get everything from the Bible through the Spirit. Don't trust man. 
They don't have your interest at heart. Only God has your interest at heart. So they end up with their own man-made version of the doctrine because they've interpreted it wrong and they haven't got the Holy Spirit. And this is how you can identify that they are not a child of God. Yeah. Because they're going back to the Torah. They often go back to legalities. Yes, I found this. Mm. Um, Because they're not preaching the salvation of Jesus because they don't really believe it. Be careful of the fakers, okay? Why is it so important? In the world at the moment, there are many liars, pretenders. You find them on TV and everyday life. We encounter these people. They pretend they're masquerade as Christians and they secretly are ravenous wills and they're looking to steal, kill, destroy, just like their father, Satan. They want to steal your inheritance, really. That's what you've got to remember. Make you doubt your salvation. Doubt that you have authority in the word to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, because you do. And you need these weapons to fight the enemy. So anyone who's telling you that you mustn't teach it or learn about it or talk about it is serving Satan because they don't want you to have the tools to fight the enemy. And it's a spiritual war, so it's about understanding. And and it's also about being unified in Christ through love. So anybody saying differently is singing a different hymn sheet and they're, they're singing about a different Jesus. Yes. Hi. Hmm. In fact, fake Christians are the most dangerous because if you don't know your Bible, you can easily doubt who you are and the authority. You really can. Uh, and question who you are in Christ. And the further you go away from believing in your calling, the further you go away from having faith. And faith is essential in the elements of serving the Lord because many things are trials and tests. And it's only through faith that God rescues you because you can only build up faith through trials and testing. Yes. But if you run off and listen to other people, it says that you don't have much faith in the Holy Spirit that should be inside you if you are reborn because the Holy Spirit will give you the correct interpretations. See? And... Anything that is not serving the kingdom of God, yes, is serving the enemy. Because you're either with me or you're against me. And if you're against me, you're against my father who sent me. Everything that Jesus said is true. (laughs) So how can the saints be witnesses if they haven't got testimonies? So this is also obliterates the rapture because you have to have testimonies and so we have to go through the tribulation to be tested because it's God's measuring plumb line and you know we don't really want to hear this we want to hear that we'll get rescued straight away you know be great but How will you be tested if you're not in the test? So, and part of the test is determining fake Christians from real ones. Yeah, if they can be your buddy and 
one minute and then hate you the next minute, then there's a problem. Isn't it? So, some of us behave badly. Yes, we do. We make mistakes. But we have comfort in Christ and each other to share, to do comparisons, comparables. That's why Jesus gave us parables. So that we can share and give examples of the way we should be and what Christ wants from us. So, if you find you come across people and they're just trying to drag you down and they seem to be enjoying it, then you need to think about whether you want to be yoking yourselves with them. Sometimes you have to do a friend clear out. I've already done a sermon on going through the fire. And I believe in order for you to come to Christ, to really have a relationship with God, you are put through the fire. You are tested. And only through your tests do you really find out God is real. Whether you really want to believe in Jesus or not. But like Job, he was tested. So tested he was. But he got everything back and he never let go. <laughs> My next heading is the Spirit of God poured out. In Acts 2, 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So what does that say? Well, you know, it's important to know this because there's no prophets prophesied to come at these times. But what we have got is we've got all the children of God getting the Holy Spirit poured on them. And in the old days, when the Lord spoke to the prophets, in the Bible it was worded in this way, and it was, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and then you would hear what the prophet would tell you, what God said. And so, now, we don't have to wait we don't have to be a priest or a prophet for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us because He's pouring out His Spirit on all of us now. Only on the reborn that are alive in Christ. If you're truly reborn, then you will get this Holy Spirit and it will fill your cup right up with love, oozing with warmth. And you just imagine you can top up on that love as well. I've already done the love cup, which you can fill up again. And just imagine Jesus pouring a cup of golden water or clear water and you're just lifting your head and he's pouring it over your head and it's dribbling down your nose into your mouth and you're drinking this amazing water, filling yourself right up. And as you drink it, you can feel the warmth of the love of Christ. You just want to share it with everyone. I can just imagine it. Jesus standing there with this big jug of water. <laughs> like a waterfall or something. Very beautiful. My next heading, identifying the enemy. The most important thing to do is to identify our enemy. We have to know 
who our enemy is and what causes us to suffer. Many times we think that we've been taken advantage of by men, but the Bible tells us that we're wrestling not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies, in Ephesians 6.12. So every time we suffer at the hands of men, we have to remember what's behind all of this. Satan is at work in the powers of darkness directing their steps and what they do. Because it's a spiritual war, you have to spiritually discern it. So we've got Satan's hidden schemes, and and so he will always be round the corner waiting to pounce. We're told this as well. So it's important to sit back sometimes and just inquire. You can ask the Lord, please help me to understand. I don't know whether to trust this person. And if it makes you feel icky inside, you know, if it makes you feel like, I get it where it's like a spider's crawling on me and I can't stop the spider crawling on me. It's that feeling. If I get that feeling, I immediately know that this person is not of God because they're making me feel so uncomfortable. Yes. It's like being raped. Same thing. So we can hand it to the Lord and he can reveal to us Also, sometimes we'll have friends and we'll love them and they'll betray us. And so what you have to do is you have to let go of it. So if you've got pain in your heart from that, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've got this pain and I still hurt about this person. Please take this pain away. And the Lord will take the pain because... He doesn't want you to go around holding resentment and hatred and anger. Because we're all on this journey. Sometimes we all we all behave badly. And it's how you handle it. And you're sometimes if you try and handle it yourself, that's when you end up in a mess. It's better just to go to God anyway and just be done with it. Then you know he can deal with it. But also, once God takes that pain away, that person has no jurisdiction in your life, no control, no authority through the demonic forces to hurt you because you've come under the wing of the Father. If you can imagine the Father standing there in his big white gown and you've got a bowl of problems and you hand it to him and his big hands take that bowl and then he brings you under his wings... And he sits you next to him. He's put his arm around you. You're shielded by his wings and the warmth of his cuddles and love. And there's nothing. Because he's thrown that bowl to the side. You don't have the bowl anymore. You've handed it. He's taken it off you. He's taken it out of your hands. It's now in his hands. You've got to trust him with it. My next heading is 
Yeah, our enemies will be our own household. Matthew 10, 36, a man's enemies will be the members of his own family. And this has happened to me. And it's very, very upsetting. And I was in pain for many years about it. I didn't really know why it had happened. But I realize now everything is all according to the will and the purpose of God. And no matter what you do sometimes, you can't please people. You'll never be good enough in their mind. But let me tell you something. You'll always be good enough to God. Always. He loves you warts and all, just the way you are. And it doesn't matter what a mess you are in. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you said, how you've behaved. Doesn't like if you robbed a bank, anything. The Lord can forgive you and love you. And then you won't feel rage because you'll only be love inside. New heart. You'll throw the old one away if you really surrender. So amazing. But what I've also had, when you're rejected by the world, is you do doubt yourself. And the enemy also will come along and use the same tactics. And they'll have the latest updates, the latest data in the demonic realm, because it's a hive mind, on ways to hurt you. They'll know your weak areas and they'll say things, you know. Like this person didn't didn't like you because of this, and it's because it's your fault and you're the problem. And when this happens, you've got to know that it's not you, it's them. And this is quite hard to grasp because sometimes it can happen all in one go from lots of people. And you can really doubt yourself. And you can think, well, is this really to be believed. How do I know that I'm okay? You start to doubt yourself, your own sanity also. Because also when you come to God, people start to think you're a bit crazy. You know, actually today when I was talking to my daughter, she rung me up and she said, Mom, I was like, yeah. She said, I've just realized that you actually have to lose your mind to find God. I said, what? I said, really? She said, yeah, God's been talking to me all day. Keeps giving me different books. He's in my head. I said, oh, well, welcome to my world. He's in my head as well. I said, oh, you know, you're definitely my daughter. She said, mom, it's really, it's amazing. She started crying. She said, it's so amazing. He's showing me so much stuff and he, he's just in control of everything. And oh my gosh, she said, it's just amazing. She said, I doubted God for some time, but now he's just making everything so clear to me that he's real. And he's in my head. I said, well, yeah, I know. (laughs) She said, you were right. He's amazing, isn't he? I went, yeah, yeah, very amazing. Very amazing. (laughs) You know, if, if I could give you what I understand God as, the amazing things that he's done, I would, you know, I've come across so many people 
and have shared Christ and they just don't get it. How amazing he is and he wants to be like this with everyone. Hmm. Ah, I think it's so beautiful. Hmm. So it's it brings so much joy to me when someone rings me up because you're right. He's so amazing, isn't he? I go, yeah, yeah, he's totally amazing. He's God. He's so, so much. And he's accessible, you know, for you, no matter who you are. He loves you so very much. When I cry, (laughs) my cat comes over to try and console me. Don't you, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Say hello. Say hi. Say hi to all our brothers and sisters, yeah? Yeah. So, it's just so amazing when God shows himself. But it's also interesting that, you know, the enemies are in our own household. And I think a lot of people have gone through this in this time, you know, with everything going on in the world. They found out for sure who really is with God and who is not. Hmm. Uh, my next heading is obviously choosing your master. Um, I think I've already covered most of that. About following Jesus and choosing him as your master. As in the truth, the light and the life. If you allow any lies in, then you can get sidetracked away from the truth. Um. Uh, also remember, you know, if you're under attack, you can't just pray in your head. God, please help me. <laughs> and he'll tell you what, he'll show you what to say. He will. And he'll also give you messages, all sorts of amazing messages through lots of different ways. Um, also in the next chapter, if they do not receive your teaching, dust yourself off. In Matthew 10:14, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Why is this so important? Well, we have to dust our feet off. You know, when you've been kicked and you're down, then we have to also dust our feet off. And what I think in my mind, I had this when... When I was going through a really tough time, I'd actually get even more doled up. You know, super duper powerful business lady, put it all on, make it all, make myself look really fully in control, even though I was inside falling apart. And I believe that really helped me because I was manifesting it. And then at home, I'd sit and cry to God. And he'd help me. So it really is about how you perform, and how you demonstrate your faith. You know, in the Bible, it says, if you really believe and you pray, it's about visualizing it as well. Do you know that? So you can pray to God and visualize it. And then, it becomes reality. It's about positive thinking. It really is as well. (laughs) So remember that. 
And then I've got Pharisees and Sadducees, the enemies of Jesus. Now, if you notice, when Jesus was casting out demons, the Pharisees accused him of casting out demons with the assistance of Satan. And and then Jesus retaliates and says, well, you know, you can call me any name and call God any name, but you must not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And he was casting out these demons through the Holy Spirit. Yes? So, if we've all got the Holy Spirit poured out on us, when we're doing the work of the Lord, then that's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. So that's why I think Jesus says, treat your brothers like yourself, love your brothers and sisters, and love your enemies too, (laughs) which is hard sometimes. But uh, in that way, there's no risk then of offending the Holy Spirit. So that's why I think he he means this. And it's the one unpardonable sin so I think we've got to be careful of that as well. Hmm. And so the the ultimate test, of course, is love. The one thing that conquers everything in the world is love. And truth sets you free, but love conquers all. Isn't that lovely? So, in this way, we're unified and we conquer. So we unify and we conquer with love. And the truth sets us free, bring us all in perfect harmony and unity together. But love is God and God is love. In 1 John 4, 7 to 21, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with 
punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because we fir- because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So there we are. We're only in a temporary residence here. Love conquers all. Love unites us all in Christ and the truth will set us free. You'll know the end and when you know the end, you'll know the beginning. There's nothing new under the sun and God is glorious. He is in control of everything, which I think is just totally amazing. (laughs) And with that, it brings me to an end of this sermon today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let's do the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I beg forgiveness for my sins. I wish to follow you. I thank you for dying on the cross, even though you didn't need to and you chose to in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for forgiving a sinner like me and shedding your blood. I know that I have sinned and I beg forgiveness. I cast out all demons in the name of Jesus Christ and I cast out all Satan and his cronies. I'm washed clean by the blood of Jesus. I have authority over demons, serpents, snakes (laughs) in the name of Jesus. And if my family are followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons or the Masons or anything evil, including tarot readers, and pagan festivals, Ouija boards, or anything of this nature. I ask you, break those chains in the name of Jesus. Any generational curses are broken and removed in the name of Jesus for me and my family, past, present, and future. I thank you, Father, for saving me. I'm washed clean by the blood of Jesus. I cast out all illness and sickness and dis-ease. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out. In the name of Jesus. And I also pray that wherever I go, I shine the light of Jesus Christ, that others may also come to know the truth and that the demons will be petrified and be scattered when they see me coming. I pray you give me the wisdom and understanding to navigate this world and that others will also be filled with peace and joy and happiness in the world. Our brothers and sisters in Christ are unified through love and so I pray for all of them that you give them all the encouragement, peace and joy, wisdom, knowledge to navigate, not get tempted in the temptations of this world but to live in the spirit and have unity with you through Christ. In the name of Jesus I pray. I also pray for finances that we have enough money to pay our bills for where we live, food, and that we have the, the resources to provide for ourselves so that we're not tempted to sin and that we're not an embarrassment to you. Pray that we are pleasing to you, Father, in your eyes. And please give us favour and blessings 
and more of who you are. May your spirit be poured out on all of us at this time in love and unity and truth. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, for everything. Oh, yes, and a quick prayer against any demonic curses and witchcraft. If anybody's put a curse on anybody or any evil, I command that leave now in the name of Jesus. Anybody who's under a curse from enemies, I pray that's lifted now in the name of Jesus and that the light of Jesus will obliterate any evil around you, that the peace of God will go wherever you go and surround your house with peace and love and the angels of the Lord will protect you and your family. I pray it right now that you will also feel the blessing of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. It's Ayesha from God FM. Have a great day. God bless you. Bye.